Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans. Woo! And welcome to episode number 250. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and I just want to thank you all for tuning in and for making this possible. We wouldn't be here if not for you, and I never would have thought uh, when we started this show less than three years ago that not only would we reach 250 episodes, but we would have over 1 million podcast downloads on top of all the numbers as well on YouTube. So, you know, just shy of our three-year anniversary, it's truly remarkable. And of course, I have my Bears brothers, Brandon and Nick, here to help me celebrate. Fellas, congratulations. Anything you want to mention about this really awesome milestone we have here? Yeah, I mean, really just want to want to thank everybody for supporting us and downloading and leaving all the comments. You know, it always helps us get better. So thank you for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to say you guys look great with your, your party hats and your, I mean, brand's got a light up you know, necklace there. I'm just, just me. So congrats to you guys. Hey, we said party hats in a group chat and you, you didn't, did. Yes, I did. didn't think, I didn't think you actually meant it, but clearly you did. This is a lesson for episode 500. When I say party, hats, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go hats. all out episode 500. I'm going all out. All right. Mark it here guys. Cause that won't, that'll happen here very soon. All right. So today's Bears-Chiefs game preview, that's what we're going to be doing here today. And uh, of course, Saturday afternoon is going to be Chicago's dress rehearsal. But before we dive into this preview, I just wanted to make an announcement, and I hope you're listening. A couple days back, we released our 2018 Chicago Bears season preview magazine. Our entire staff worked hard over the last four months on it. Literally hundreds of hours got poured into this project. The magazine is over 130 pages, and the content you'll find inside includes profiles on the entire Bear staff, plus on all 90 players currently on the roster, including 90 uh, stat projections. Well, not 90 stat projections. I, sorry, I misspoke. Stat projections for everyone who we think is going to be making the team. Uh, we're also going to have in there a, well, do have in there a complete schedule analysis with a week-by-week preview. This includes a weekly confidence meter for each matchup. We have record predictions from the entire staff and much more, including more in-depth content on the most important all-season acquisitions, the three keys to the season, an outlook on the other teams in the NFC North, and just seriously so much more inside that uh, I can't tell you here. You need to buy it to find out. Uh, There's really no other season preview like it. You can do a Google search yourself. You won't find anything like our season preview magazine. And once you place an order, you're going to instantly have access to the magazine because it's a digital download. The PDF is compatible on any device of your choosing. 
And you can have that, of course, on multiple devices because once you download it, you own the file. No need to worry about shipping. And since we don't have to up the cost or front the cost for printing, we kept the price extremely low. The magazine only costs $4.99, less than a value meal at McDonald's, about the same price as a cup of coffee at Starbucks, just to put it in perspective. Picking up a magazine is a great way to support our podcast and all the efforts that we put in both the show and, of course, uh, not just the magazine, but also our website. So head over to thebearsbros.com slash mag to show your support by picking up a copy today. And by getting your copy, you'll help us reach more Bears fans and improve our site and show. And, of course, if you have any questions about the magazine, feel free to reach out on social media or just send me an email, will at thebearsbros.com. All right, fellas, let's get back to business and begin this game preview. Last week, we started with a discussion on the defense because I thought Roquan Smith was going to play, but apparently not so much. But So in turn, we're going to go ahead and just flip-flop the order and talk about the Bears' offense first. And I like to open things up with some general thoughts heading into the game. So, Brandon, over to you. Uh, some general things that maybe you're going to be paying attention to with the starters seeing some extended action. Yeah, uh, we'll start in the trenches because that's my spot. Uh, who starts at, at guard? Uh, we've seen Eric Cush kind of struggle a little bit. We've seen Earl Watford in there some. We've seen Jordan Morgan in there from time to time. Uh, Rashad Coward is a backup tackle. So, I mean, really, who's going to step in at guard and be able to, to seize that position? Maybe we even see, dare I say, James Daniels with the ones. I have my doubts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Matt Nagy is going to show a whole lot uh, regarding that. But I, I, it'll be very interesting to see if there's a rotation there at guard or what exactly uh, happens there at that position. But that, that's one thing that I'm definitely watching for. And then just, again, want to see how well Trubisky's picked up the offense throughout OTAs, training camp, and through the preseason. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. We should see him continue to improve week by week. And if we see any regression, I mean, I don't want to say it's a serious red flag, but it's something I'm definitely going to keep an eye for if we see any regression. Yeah, no doubt about it. And for those watching, yes, I disgracefully tried to remove that hat. It got stuck in my headphones. Didn't hear half of what Brandon said. Uh, so that's going to be fun to watch back on a replay. But, Nick, over to you. Just some general things that you're going to be paying attention to. Uh, just on the offensive side, I'm going to really be paying attention to Allen Robinson. We haven't seen too much of him this preseason and even in training camp and even at the practice I was at yesterday. He was used a little bit more, but I want to see him in this dress rehearsal, how much the Bears are going to utilize Allen Robinson, if he can you know, get that first catch of the preseason, anything like that. And then defensively, a guy I'm going to be specifically watching for is Roy Robinson-Harris. He's a guy that you know made a couple of splash plays uh last week and i want to see if he you know progresses but those are just two very specific things i'll be watching for in this game all right nick right back to you sticking with about the offense here i want to know what would happen to make you feel very comfortable heading into week one like what does the offense need to prove uh you know just again it all starts with mitch trubisky and how he's able to you know get the ball to his playmakers and that's why he's been preaching all off season that that he's going to be the facilitator but i want to see him do that you know efficiently against the chiefs who are you know a good good team? Obviously, Matt Nagy's very familiar with them, but I want to see how Mitch Trubisky is able to get maybe an Anthony Miller, Alan, Alan Robinson, Kevin White all involved early and often. You want to see the first team offense really sustain drives because this is going to be the most playing time they're going to have this season before you know the regular season opener against the Green Bay Packers. But that's a big thing I want to see just Alan Robinson involved, Kevin White, the playmakers that he's going to be going to in the regular season. 
And Brandon, I know you love to play devil's advocate, so I'm going to give you this opportunity here. What would happen with this Bears offense? What do they need to do to have you really concerned heading into week one? Uh, really concerned going into week one if the run game doesn't pick up. Uh, they've rushed for, I think, roughly 240 yards with the preseason, which isn't really that big of a deal because it's preseason, but I'd like to see it get off the ground a little bit. And if they can't establish the run, I mean, with the spread offense, it's going to be a little easier. They could do a few quicker passes, be able to pick up three or four yards, a typical running play. Uh, but you got to be able to establish Jordan Howard somehow outside of the receiving game. Even though he's improved his hands, he needs to be able to run the ball effectively as well. Awesome stuff there, guys. Let's move over to our position-by-position now breakdown. Of course, let's start with Trubisky, somebody you guys already both mentioned in this show. Trubisky last week finished 9-14, of 14, 90 yards. He had the one touchdown, of course, that interception when he was targeting Tariq Cohen. Throughout training camp, you know, we saw some really good things and some not-so-great things. Last week's game was exactly the same thing. We saw glimpses of some really strong quarterback play, and then there are just other times where he didn't look so good. Regardless, progress, I think, was made last week, and I personally expect for some more steps forward on Saturday. So I want to know, guys, what do you expect out of Trubisky, and what does he need to do in order to take that quote-unquote next step and head into week one with confidence, which I believe is huge, of course, for not just him, but this entire offense heading into the season. Nick, I want to go to you first. What does he need to do? Obviously, you want to see him uh, complete passes early. That will gain his confidence. But last, just yesterday in practice, he was throwing, under-throwing a lot of footballs. And it was mostly on the deeper balls where I was seeing that Trubisky just wasn't leading his receiver and not just putting enough on it. So I want to see in this game how he's able to connect with his receivers. Again, he's still building this chemistry with a lot of these guys and a lot of them being their first, uh, their first season with the Bears and Trubisky. So in this game, it's obviously against a number one, you know, the Chiefs' number one defense against their number one offense. So there's going to be some tight windows. I want to see him make some, you know, big time throws. That one to Anthony Miller last week against the Broncos, that was a big time throw. I want to see more of that happen uh, in the time where he's going to be playing more. What about you, B? I think he just needs to continue to learn the playbook because we've we've seen how mad he got with that interception he threw at a three cone because he kind of quit on the route. It's the detail-oriented things that I think he's really picked up in it, and it showed a little bit. And if you really think about it, we need to exercise some patience with our expectations for him, I think, because he's essentially won th- or had to learn three playbooks in the last three years at North Carolina under John Fox and Dal Loggins and now with under Matt Nagy. So I think he's just going to, you know, that, that that's a lot of plays to have to memorize in three years. So I think he's just going to have to be able to continue to show that he's knowing the playbook. Uh, things just have to be able to fall into place and execute, and that'll happen once he gets more comfortable. Yeah, no doubt about it. For me, uh, I want to see him say the pocket's collapsing, of course, able to evade the pressure, find a, you know, reset the pocket, deliver some nice, accurate balls on the move. But if the pocket's not collapsing, uh, some things we've noticed from him is he likes to just, you know, evade the pocket anyway, kind of, uh, you know, ditch it just because last year he didn't have great protection. And I think that you kind of, you see it a little bit. And I want to see him remain calm back there. Don't get any happy feet. Uh, make the right decisions. You know, last week we talked about the interception to Cohen. You know, maybe you don't throw it if he's not going to be in the right spot because Cohen stopped right when the ball was coming out. So I know you want to make those quick decisions, and he anticipated Cohen being a little bit more inside. But I just want to make sure he's making the right decisions, uh, you know, like uh, on top of that, like the safety last week. I know it's preseason, so you're not going to be trying 110% like a safety is not the end of the world. But you want to try to avoid those kind of things uh, if you can. And just play within the system. Take what the defense gives you. Uh, we saw a little bit of that last week. And then, uh, Nick, you talked about those deep shots. I want to see him take some of those calculated risks when the opportunity presents itself. But when he does, he needs to make sure to put enough air underneath that ball, lead his receivers, because you had a few videos on our Twitter yesterday. Well, a few underthrown balls, which has been a common theme throughout camp with his deep balls, which, again, you, it's one of those things you hope kind of corrects itself. Um, but we're still here, week three of the preseason, the Bears' fourth preseason game, and it's still an issue. 
still an issue. So he still needs to clean that up. Anything else about Trubisky before we move on, guys? No, but you hit on it. I think I just want to see him make the right, you know, the right reads, right corrections. You don't want to see another interception in this game. Obviously, he doesn't want that to happen either. The offense doesn't want to see that. But just making, like you said, those calculated risks when he can, just being smart with the football is what I want to see in this third, I guess, what, fourth preseason game for the Bears. Yeah, it makes it weird when it's preseason week three, but yet this is the fourth game. It really throws your brain for a loop. All right, guys, let's go over at Chase Daniel because he's going to play a little bit in this game. It's not going to be the starters throughout the entirety of the game. And he looked solid last week, especially during those two scoring drives. You know, I know his time on the field is going to be limited, um, but I think it's going to be fair to hold him up to that same standard because the Bears are game planning this week. Uh, Regardless if the ones or the twos are out there, they should be able to have plays that they believe will beat the coverages that are presenting themselves. So for me, I expect more of the same from Chase Daniel on Saturday that we saw against the Broncos a week ago. Do you guys agree it's fair to hold him up to that same standard and why? Let's go over to B first. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he showed a lot, especially last week. Uh, Once he completed a few passes, I mean, he was just confident and poised. and He was able to lead the team back for, you know, the two touchdowns that ended up winning it. Uh, So I definitely think we should hold him to to the same standard because we know that he can do it now. What about you, Nick? Uh, I know, again, Daniel, he's only going to be playing out there, what, maybe a quarter and a half tops. Uh, so and not a lot of time to really gain a much of a rhythm. But what do you expect? You know, I expect Chase Daniel to have a good game. And again, he is going against his former team. So he's going to be somewhat familiar with the defense that are being running him. Bob Sutton being the defense coordinator of the Chiefs. I think, you know, just having practice with them, being that team for, you know, a while. And then having now in this preseason game, he's going to see some of those looks and be like, okay, I know where I can throw the ball, where the window is at. So I think it is fair to hold Chase Daniel to these standards because he is a guy that does know the system and he's going to be going against number twos and obviously with number two offense. But yeah, I think it definitely is fair. Nice. You brought up a great point. Now I'm going to go right back to you to put you on the spot here. You talked about, uh, you know, Chase Daniel knowing uh, the opposing uh, def- off defense a little bit. And of course, the Chiefs are going to know what kind of offense is coming their way. I know, you know, Nagy said it's not going to be entirely the same, but there's going to be primarily the same principles, the same schemes, the same kind of setups here uh, that, of course, Nagy's bringing to the table. And we're not going to see the whole playbook, um, but he does know this defense as well. How do you think uh, that's going to kind of dictate how the flow goes, especially with the starters? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be like a cat, cat and mouse game because Nagy does know that defense and now vice versa. So uh, I think he know when he's going to be when he's going to be able to take those shots, you know, down the field like we were just talking about earlier. So especially being familiar with a team that you were once a part of, I think Nagy, this is a game where maybe we obviously we're going to see a little bit more as play wise uh, from the Bears and maybe opening up that playbook just a little bit more. But especially since he's familiar with the opponent, we're definitely going to see some, you know, bigger time plays that we'll see during the regular season. Yeah. And one thing about Nagy is how much respect he has for coach Andy Reid. And, you know, the feeling is mutual, but, you know, this would be the first time that they're squaring off as, you know, head coach versus head coach. I know it's preseason, but my gut tells me that Nagy would really want to find a way to earn that respect as a head coach. Just a little bit more like show like, you know, you did a good job, Andy. I appreciate everything you've done. But now it's, I'm going to show you what I can do when I take over the team. I just, you know, he has that edge to him. I just anticipate this is going to be in some level of his mindset, even if it is only a preseason game. But real quick, does anyone have anything on Tyler Bray? I don't expect him to play. Um, I think he'll play next week. So we can definitely save the conversation uh, for then. But anything? I think that's a good yeah, idea. I don't think he's going to play deal. Perfect. Let's move over to the running back here. You know, Jordan Howard, uh, last week he had 32 yards, nine carries. We talked about in the post game show, the patience division that he displayed. Nick, what kind of game does he need to have in order for you to feel like, you know, he's primed up and ready for the season? It doesn't really need to be stats, but maybe there's some things that you want to see. 
You know, I want to see him in that almost like a similar situation where he was in last week where he had blockers in front of him. He's in the open field where he just needs to make a play, and it could be a big explosive play if he makes the right decision, right cut, use the right vision. I want to see him in a similar type of play and see how he reacts this time. I think that Tariq Cohen, once he's in open space, he should be a guy that should. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Make big plays happen. We did not see that last week. So I want to see him in that same opportunity, see how he then, you know, maybe decides what to do or how to, you know, go about reading a block, right? But that's just one some, one thing that I want to see. I want to also see him continue running a route. I mean, we we saw that last week where Tariq Cohen maybe doesn't finish his route, Trubisky throws an interception. So Tariq Cohen, I want to see him complete those things and just, you know, get better in that aspect. Hey, Brandon, since I asked Nick about Jordan Howard, would you give me an answer about Jordan Howard? Did you yeah. ask me about Jordan Howard? Wow. I did. Yes. It's okay. It might be the pre-workout it's, that I'm drinking. It's that. There's no party hat. Well, I took mine off, too. It was choking me. But that's all. Nick, you're dropping the ball today. I'm sorry. B? Uh, so, yeah, uh, going back to Jordan Howard, I'd like to see him continue with the patience <laughs> and the vision that we, we've seen and we know that he has. And I want to be able to see the offensive line help him out some because we know, especially early in games, they really struggle to throw on the ball at least so far in preseason. I know that's not saying a whole lot. But if he can continue to exercise that patience, uh, be strong with the ball, no fumbles. And I know Matt Nagy's not going to show us a whole lot, uh, but I kind of want to see him uh, as a receiver a little bit, like not not necessarily out there in the slot or anything, but how he is as a receiver coming out of the backfield. We've seen him work on the hands in, in preseason. Uh, we know that he can, can catch a high volume, I think, now. At least I have some confidence, a little more confidence in him that he could do it, and I know Nagy's not going to show us everything. Uh, but that's definitely an aspect I like to see uh, him in this in this game. Yeah, I think Jordan Howard displayed, we talked about in a post-game show, you know, everything that we come to expect from Jordan Howard. Brandon and I agree that it would be nice to see him get a little bit more involved in the passing game because that's an area of his game that he's worked on. We saw at a training camp that he's improved with his hands. Um, but I want to see in a game situation, I think it'd be pivotal for him to actually just gain a little bit of confidence as a receiver in a game as well as we move into the regular season because... Uh, you know, week one last year is like that first big drop. And I think that might still be in the back of his mind a little bit. So if he can go out there as a receiver, just gain a little bit of confidence, catch a couple easy passes. I think when they go up against the Packers, uh, that should ease the tensions just a little bit. And Tariq Cohen, Nick kind of hit on a lot of things already uh, with <laughs> Tariq Cohen. So that's pretty cool. Spoiler alert. But for me, I just want to see a rebound game. Again, he doesn't need to have, you know, world-beating stats. He doesn't need to have, like, the biggest play ever. I just want to see him do the things that we expect out of Tariq Cohen, you know, running the right route, making some plays after the catch. Again, he's been very limited in preseason. And personally, when I was looking for this show, like, I was a little bit down on Tariq. I was like, I know he saw a little bit in training camp, but we haven't seen a ton out of him yet. Then you watch all of his highlights and the plays they had last year, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is what we have in Tariq Cohen. You see all the, you see the explosiveness. You see how his ability to you know change direction in open space, pe- make people miss. So I think you know patience, of course, is a virtue. And with Tariq Cohen, I think we just have to wait to the regular season so the games count. Because last year in preseason, we saw a lot of Tariq Cohen because the Bears wanted to know what they had in him. They know what they have in him. And I think uh, the whole thing's been, are they hiding him? I think they are a little bit, but I still would like to see him take some steps next uh, here on Saturday against the Chiefs. And finally, for running back, I want to know, who's the next running back in? Is it going to be Mazel? Is it going to be, of course, Ryan Nall? Because 
I want to know if they rotate them in with the starters or do they just have that thunder lightning duo out there for the majority of the time when the starters are on the field. I kind of see what they're thinking in terms of the utilization of running backs guys before we move over to wide receiver, anything else on running backs? Did we forget Benny Cunningham in there somewhere? We did. I don't know if he's going to be is Nick. Did, was he practicing yesterday? Uh, I think he was, but it, he didn't do much. It was mostly with the first team was Howard and Cohen. And then Mazel was out there with the, with the backups. Yeah. I think they're taking it easy with Benny. Um, which so. again, he's been coming back with an injury. It's been minor, but no reason to really push him. Uh, right. So yeah, that's where I want to see, but good call there. At least bringing up Benny's name, you know, Chicago's second favorite Benny. Yes. Um, so let's move over to wide receiver here, guys. Uh, Nick, you talked about Allen Robinson. I too have it in my notes here. You know, it's time for a real debut because last week all the talk was Allen's ready. He's going to go out there. He's ready to go out there, get back into a game situation and just be part of this offense. And he wasn't even targeted. So I think this week I want to see a real debut. And I know we kind of previewed his official debut a week ago, but Nick, uh, what kind of game does he need to have uh, for you heading into week one that has you thinking like, yes, Allen Robinson's ready to be the number one receiver in this offense. You know what? I want to see him. Obviously you want to see him catch the ball, but I don't want to see it like a little curl route or just something where it's short. I want to see, you know, a good intermediate route, maybe like a post where he goes down the middle of the field, catches the ball. And then, you know, that's where it ends right there. At least he's going out there making these bigger kind of plays because he's going to be used uh, early and often in this offense and running so many different routes. So I want to see him, you know, have a big time catch. And again, he can get the 50-50 ball. I want to see him make that. But if he can re- get a post right down the middle of the field on a like a third and long, that'd be great to see from Allen Robinson. That's the number one receiver that the Bears you know, paid big money for. Because like you said, we haven't seen much of him. He's been on a leash throughout training camp, obviously getting back from that ACL injury. So you want to see him make a big time play in this game. Yeah, you know, no reason to push the envelope. But still, just a glimpse of hope would be good for not just him, because, you know, coming back from an injury such as ACL, confidence is a huge part of the recovery and getting out there and playing. I think if you don't have confidence in the leg, which, I mean, he has not seemed like he has, uh, he does seem like he has all the confidence in the world. I want to make sure I say that correctly. So I don't think confidence is ever going to be an issue. But I think, you know, he hasn't played football in about a year in terms of because it's ACL. So I think getting out there in a the game and just getting a couple catches under his belt uh, would be a good boost for him. And of course, with Trubisky kind of establishing that connection, that chemistry, uh, just kind of like we saw with Trey Burton a week ago, I would like to see the same thing between him and Robinson here against the Chiefs. B, I want to go over to you, but I want to talk about Taylor Gabriel because he's going to be ready for week one, um, but he's not going to play here. Are you worried about any rust with Taylor Gabriel? No, not really. As long as he can go out there and take the top off of defenses, I mean, I'm not overly concerned about having any rust uh, because if he's going to be able to go deep, I don't want to say every single play, uh, but even on bubble screens, that's something the teams have to respect. Uh, so even if he's just out there as a pawn and he only gets like one or two targets in week one, I'm not overly concerned about it because teams have to respect him regardless with Allen Robinson and Kevin White out there. I mean, they're and Tariq Cohen too. I mean, they've got to respect somebody, and I think that they'd rather not get beat deep uh, with Taylor Gabriel out there. Wow, throwing out the big KW, Nick. Did you say anything out of Kevin White yesterday? Was he playing with the ones at all? He was playing with the ones. Uh, that's where he primarily was playing at yesterday's practice. But no, no big time flashy plays. I don't think anybody really had those big time flashy pay- plays in yesterday's practice. But um, yeah, uh, I know he caught a slant route in uh, the end zone when they're doing red zone work. But oh, they, they ran they a just, slant. They ran a slant. Yeah. Nice. So and Kevin White caught it. So that was good to see. But yeah, they were just mixing them in. Uh, you know, in all different you know aspects of the. The offense there and Taylor Gabriel was a guy actually yesterday who was running running a lot of drag routes catching underneath and then just use utilizing that speed and running up field so maybe we see a couple of those in you know the future yeah exactly for me I mean 
maybe they play him. I just don't want them to. I think Gabriel is someone who you should be up there and go week one and be fine. I mean, he's put in most of the work throughout training camp. He's only missed, you know, the last couple of weeks or the week and a half or so. So for me, don't push the envelope there. We need all the healthy bodies we can have heading into the regular season. Um, but especially yeah, receiver. Especially receiver. <laughs> There's another position, too, we can talk about in a little bit. But uh, Kevin White, we saw, again, very tiny glimpses, just tiny. And I think this week uh, he's going to have ample an opportunity to play against starting caliber defense. And for me, it's, to, it's time. It's now or never for Kevin White to prove that he can go out there and play against the starting defense, go out there and make some plays, some contested catches, some yards you know, after the catch as well. So for me, Kevin White, uh, someone I'm paying attention to in this game because I don't know what to expect from him. I don't know what we have in him. I don't think anybody does. I don't think the Bears know. And this is a great opportunity for them to at least find out a little bit because we saw a few glimpses in practice, but that's been about it. It's time to see it in a game situation. Again, he only had a, a couple catches last week for about 10 yards. We need to see more, th- more than that. We really do. And, of course, uh, Anthony Miller. We want to see him build off last week's performance. Three catches, 33 yards. Uh, Nick, anything you want to mention about Anthony Miller as we head into the dress rehearsal? I think you you can expect big things to happen with Anthony Miller. He always seems like he's that he's capable of that. But another guy I'm really going to be watching for is Javon Wims. Mm-hmm. I want to see if he does get playing time with the number ones and, you know, obviously playing at that um, elevated, uh, I guess, position with the number one defense opposed to you. Uh, it's going to be good to see how he competes. And Javon Wims, the guy we think should make this roster. So going out there making a play early will definitely help him with that. What about you, B? Any final thoughts on the wide receiver group as a whole? Uh, as a whole, I mean, just stay healthy. Obviously, that's because it's something with the Bears. They've always struggled to keep a healthy receiver, it seems like. Uh, but no, I just wanted to touch on Anthony Miller real quick. I am mm-hmm. just want to throw out there that I'm a little more confident in him than I am Allen Robinson just because we've seen Anthony Miller out there and we know what he can do. He can go climb the ladder uh, in double coverage as we've seen last week against the Broncos, which was still really cool. Um, a week later, it's still really cool. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, I think of all the guys, Allen Robinson is, uh, or not Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller is the guy that I'm most confident of all of them out there right now. Sure. I mean, I think that makes sense. I think in terms of purely wide receivers, he is the one who has proven the most throughout training camp and, of course, throughout this preseason so far. I mean, especially last week. I mean, Wims had it, but not against starters. So I think you have to, of course, take that with a grain of salt. But in terms of tight ends, uh, there's someone who really showed up last week that I'm very excited to see in this offense. And we're going to talk about him in a little bit. But first, I need to call a quick timeout and tell you about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Football is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best prices, uh, the best seats at the best prices, and those are fully guaranteed. There's something quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, all the Bears brothers have the SeatGeek apps on our phones and our devices, and it's by far the easiest way to purchase tickets. I'm personally a big fan of how easy they make searching for the best values. All you have to do is sort by value, and instantly you're able to make sure that the tickets you're looking for are the most worth it. SeatGeek is designed to make make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I was actually just looking at SeatGeek on my phone right before the show, and it's by far the easiest way that I've been able to shop for tickets. I was actually just looking into it uh, for that Bears home opener on Monday night on September 17th, and there are still so many tickets with, quote-unquote, amazing scores on deals. The deal scores are comprised of location, price, and historical data on the seat. So if you're considering going to this game, I encourage you to look soon because 
these amazing deals are, of course, going to run out the closer we get to kickoff. And if you want to go with, with us to a game, definitely check out the Bears uh, tickets against the Miami Dolphins. I just booked my flight today for that game, so I'm very excited. Yeah, Nick's excited, too. I can see him down there uh, to get down to Miami and to hang out with. So far, it's like 35 or so fellow Bears fans, so it's going to be a good time. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All righty, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. This is your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my two Bears brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano. We are celebrating episode number 215. We are breaking down, or previewing, I should say, the Bears Kansas City Chiefs Saturday night it was Saturday afternoon. I am just all over the place. Dress rehearsal uh, coming up here in just a couple of days. And we're moving our sights over to tight end. And I think we need just need to start with the biggest news. And that's, you know, Adam Shaheen's ankle slash foot injury. Uh, of course, they're still getting opinions on it. They don't think it's as serious as we once thought, especially as serious as we thought it was going to be when we were watching the game on Saturday night. Um, but what I want to mention here is how it's going to open the door for some of the younger tight ends on this roster. I want to know, like, in this game, like, when does Daniel Brown or Ben Broniker come to the game, especially with Shaheen and Sims out? Was Sims practicing, Nick? I need to know. Ooh, I couldn't tell you with Sims. I didn't notice him out there with the ones. Uh, it was mo- ma- mainly Trey Burton, okay. so I couldn't even tell you about Sims. No, I don't think if he was out there, there'd be a lot to discuss and report on anyway. So I think that's all very fair. So, yeah. Daniel Brown, Ben Broniker, because the Bears, they've been using a lot of multiple tight end sets. I want to know who's that next man up, who's in the, who's playing with the starters, because it's going to show you uh, how they're going to be used, not just in the regular season, but also who's pretty much now a lock to make this roster. Because there was a time where none of these tight ends were pretty much locks, like the backups were all fighting for a couple spots. Uh, but with Shaheen probably starting the season, you know, not on the physically able to perform list, uh, that's at least how I would assume, depending on the severity. I think it opens the door for one more of these younger tight ends to make this roster uh, Nick, when you're looking at these younger tight ends, uh, who are you going to be paying attention to the most and why? I think Daniel Brown's a guy that I'm going to be paying, paying attention to the most just because I think he has the most talent and most upside out of the, the backup tight ends. Ben Broniker, he, you know, he's made some plays. He caught a touchdown, um, what was it, last week. But I think Daniel Brown, even though he's not, I guess, the, the size-wise you want to back up Adam Shaheen, he's more of the Trey Burton backup, he still will be utilized a lot in this offense. And Matt Nagy will find ways to, you know, make plays for him and especially with Adam Sheen being gone for who knows how long he's going to move up the depth chart I think that's the guy that they want out there but again like you said Ben Broniker and you know Colin Thompson these guys are going to be fighting for that last tight end spot but I think Daniel Brown's a guy that has the most potential to maybe get that spot what about you B do you agree on Daniel Brown or are you on the Ben Broniker bandwagon I think I'm going to hop back on the Ben Broniker bandwagon just because I think he, it was the second touchdown that he caught uh, that put the Bears up. And I think Matt Negic looked at it and say, you know, well, it was just preseason. But in the weight of the game, he was able to run the route, track the ball, make the catch. And it's a touchdown. Uh, so he may try and give him a chance against the ones just to see how he matches up. I mean, I don't expect it to go necessarily all that well, uh, seeing as I don't think he's gotten hardly any time with the ones in his career. I know he's gotten some. He's been in there in some game situations. I think it'll go to Daniel Brown at the end of the day. But I'm going to hop on the, the Ben Bronacker uh, train just to try and give him a little support. I think that you know, he could be a guy that surprises some people. I don't know. Yeah, you know, entering his third year, it'll be. Uh, he said earlier, I think Chicago Bears uh, Twitter said like he's feeling comfortable right now in his third year and things are kind of coming together for him. So if he can come out there and put a good uh, good game together on Saturday, I think that would be a good step forward for Ben Bronicker, no doubt about it. 
Looking at Trey Burton, I mean, I just want to see more of the same. Uh, he's already becoming one of Trubisky's favorite targets. We saw that last week, and it's really due to his versatility. He's just lining up all over the field. He's in line. He's split out wide. He's going. He's getting in motion, lining up in the backfield as fullback. And no matter what, your heart health is the foundation of your body's performance. So if you want to stay at your peak, your heart has to do the same. Cocovia delivers the level of cocoflavanols clinically proven to increase circulation, promoting healthy blood pressure and a strong heart. Boost your cardiovascular health and stay peak with Cocovia at Cocovia.com. That's C-O-C-O-A-V-I-A.com. And now during Heart Health Month, save 20% with coupon code CVHEART20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. He's lined up. I mean, he's a threat to catch the ball. And even uh, if you go back and you're watching the game, a couple of those Jordan Howard runs, he was blocking, leading the way. And, you know, he's not known for being a great blocker, but last week he proved that he can be an effective blocker and get the job done, which is honestly, if he can do that and supply what he does in the passing game, uh, I know why the Bears brought him in from Philadelphia because, I mean, he can uh, beat you in multiple ways, and that's what I like about Trey Burton. I just want to see him personally continue to blossom in this offense, uh, not just be a mismatch, but the player who can continue to exploit the mismatches. B, over to you. Uh, Any thoughts on Trey Burton heading into this game? I really like him as a receiver, and you brought up the blocking thing, which is something I mentioned a few weeks ago as far as tight ends in general needing to be able to run block. Because when they see Trey Burton out there leading the charge, especially if he's going to be the number one tight end on the depth chart, something I think he needs to be able to do, lead by example, go out there and run block. Uh, So very good job by Trey Burton there. Uh, But he's also that guy that can go up and and climb the ladder, like I said, that Anthony Miller could do. Trey Burton, we've seen uh, do some similar catches, not necessarily in traffic when he's open on a post route was one that typically stands out to me. I remember what game that was. Uh, but he was able to go up there, stretch his body out, and, and go get the football. And that's something that I think you have to respect uh, with him is he's got a big catch radius, and that's something Trubisky should feel comfortable with as far as him being a receiver. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Anything else? You can already see that Mitch Trubisky trusts Trey Burton, and that's exactly what they brought him in here for And because he's going to be utilized so much. You know, I predict that he would be the guy that probably ends up with the most receptions on his team, even with Allen Robinson coming here, just because he's going to be, you know, open a lot and Trey Burton already – or. Mitch Trubisky already trusts him. So, yeah, uh, Trey Burn, I mean, just keep doing what he's doing because already he's already impressed me and just, the you know, the preseason games that he's played. Yeah, and just take more steps forward. I think, I mean, as we can say that for every player, every position, the entire team in general, just steps forward on Saturday is going to be everything that we're paying attention for. All right, looking at offensive line here, we have some interesting things to talk about because Cody White here, he's still sticking at center, but Jaronis Grasso is playing second-team center, and they've kicked – James Daniels over to left guard again. So it looks like we're back to guard, not center. Nick, is that what you saw? Yeah, that's exactly what I saw. Um, as soon as the second team, second team offense went out there, you saw Grasso back at center, and then you saw James Daniels at left guard. And Grasso was injured for a little bit of time, and that's probably why, you know, they're getting him back in there. I think the Bears are really content with keeping James Daniels at guard. I, I know that he's played, we we know that he's played well at center. And we've seen the struggles with Cody Whitehair in the snapping, but I think the Bears, I mean, they said straight up they want him at left guard. Now he's back there. This is preseason uh, game number four for the Bears, and he's there. So I wonder if that's moving forward. I think that's how the Bears are going to keep it. Obviously, Cush is still starting left guard, but it, it's interesting because we just thought that it made sense. Just switch Daniels and Whitehair. They're both that both are natural positions. The offensive line will still have the best five out there. It'll work, but seems like the bears are doing other things. Well, it's interesting, right? Because they know more than we do. And that's, and that's fair and that's valid. And, you know, here he's stand. I mean, I trust him and what he's wanting to do with his offensive line as well, but 
uh, from our perspective, it felt easier than maybe it is actually on the inside. But here's how I look at it. Uh, if they're moving him back to guard now, which again, Grosu's healthy, so they want to see what they even have at him at center, second string, because he's not really a lock to make this roster either, especially with his uh, injury history and his underwhelming performances when he is actually healthy. But last week at left guard, the first player in was Earl Watford. Now I'm wondering if, uh, say, they want to give James Daniels any shot with the ones. It should happen this week if they're going to do it, which, God, please just give him some chance out there. I want to see how he stacks up. But I think if Kush goes down in terms of like they want to sub out, then he should be the first one. And I understand Earl Watford can play both left and right guard, but I think this is the chance to see what you have in Daniels as terms of going up against a starting defensive line at the position that you drafted him to go and play. And if you don't do it now before games matter, I think you just wasted a prime opportunity to just at least test the waters a little bit because... I don't know. Maybe it just seems like they're afraid to be like, oh, look, we have a really good second round pick at offensive line. They just kind of want to hide them. And I think Kush is a much better uh, backup in terms of he can play all three positions. So why not just make the move now? But again, that's just me. Uh, what about you, B? What do you make about this whole James Daniels, Cody White here, Hronskras, who interior offensive line every <laughs> muck? I'm going to call it muck. Uh, maybe they're hiding James Daniels like they are Treat Cohen. Maybe they're kind of like, this guy's NFL ready, and we're not going to show him till week one. I mean, I, I really don't have a good answer. I would like to see James Daniels out there with the one, and at some point it is going to happen, whether that's Saturday or whether that's week one. I have full confidence that Harry Heastan sees the same thing. A lot of reports are saying he's got the NFL ready body and seen a lot of people on Twitter. Uh, you know, he needs to be out there and he will just, just give it time. I, I don't know when, wish I could tell you when, wish I could tell everybody when, but I'm fully confident that by week five, we see James Daniels out there. I think Eric Cush is going to struggle enough at some point that they're just going to pull the trigger on that. See, I understand you don't want to upset a veteran, but if it's not even if upsetting Daniels, a veteran, it, if know, Daniels is your best five though, if he makes your top five, he needs to be out there regardless if you want to let Cush get the job crack at it first. I think if James Daniels is, in your top five best offensive linemen, you find a way to put him out there. And I think this well, is the week to do what it. I, that's what I'm saying. And I just don't know that we see it in the preseason, maybe week one. And the thing is, if the Bears wait until Cush messes up, that's not a good time. I think you got to do that before it happens. Because what? You're wasting plays out there. What if Cush doesn't make a saying. block, doesn't spring Howard forward? It just, I don't know. James Daniels is ready. I think he is. We've seen him make the blocks on, you know, NFL caliber defensive linemen. Even though they're not second or not first string, he's made those blocks and he's looked really good at doing it. I think Will's right. They need to give him a chance at some point, wherever it is on the line, to just go against the number ones to show what he's got because he's so definitely capable of tackle. I'm joking. But. Hey, he's athletic, man. <laughs> he could do he could do it all. There we go. No, this is it, honestly it's it's our last chance before games matter, and I think to be foolish not to do it. So that's what I'm watching for in terms of uh, the interior of the offensive line. But, guys, anything else on the Bears O-line that you want to mention? I think that's the big one. But anything else in this game that you are going to be paying attention to? Will Parikh was a guy. Oh, yeah. Rashad Coward also. But uh, Parikh was also with the ones in yesterday's practice. With with Long being out, they had Watford in at the beginning at right guard, and then Will Parikh eventually uh, replaced him. So, I mean, that's a guy that, no, not guaranteed for a roster spot, but if he's repping in with the ones already or repping in with the ones, it kind of shows where the Bears value him on the depth chart, even though Long would be there and, you know, when everybody's healthy. But uh, we'll see how he plays. Maybe he earns himself a roster spot by his play in Saturday's game. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. It's tough for me to buy into that fully just because, like you said, first it's Kyle Long, then it's Earl Watford. And then if you keep 
Eric Cush as well, then technically he should be the next man up if they want to put their best five out there. But I mean, it's interesting to see him getting some time with the ones. And if he does that on Saturday, I'm intrigued to see how he stacks up. I just don't know if there's a lot of stock behind him perhaps sticking around. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Uh, don't forget about Jordan Morgan. Uh, he hasn't done too much yeah. though. I mean, you could hide him on a practice squad for one more year personally. Hey, but that's Go. not a bad thing as an offensive lineman though. If you don't hear his name. You're right. Well, remember this. Remember this conversation, oh, yeah. and we'll talk about it on Saturday. Uh, for me, in terms of the offensive line, I want to see how the Bears' tackles hold up. Can they keep Trubisky clean? Uh, we all know Leno Jr. and Bobby Massey, they're average. Um, Leno Jr. may be slightly above average, but regardless, I think average is still both in their categories. So I want to see um, how they can do in terms of uh, protecting Trubisky uh, so for some of those edge rushers. I don't know if Justin Houston's going to play or not, but we'll find out. Uh, and then for me, in terms of the offensive line as a whole, no stupid penalties, right? No false starts. We're at home. You shouldn't see that happen. Uh, holding penalties, they kill drives. So try to limit those. Uh, so for me, I mean, last week we saw all the flags, especially from the offensive line. I want to see a very clean game heading into the regular season from the starters. So that's just me. Um, you already talked about Rashad Coward. I think that's he's not going to play a ton, of course, but I want to see what he can do when he's out there. I'm excited to see him in a pretty much a full game probably next week and week four of this preseason. So for me, that's why I'm going to be watching more of Coward. But any final thoughts about this Bears offense before we move on to the defense? You know, penalties, like you said, Will. We don't want to see that sloppiness at, at home. It's, it's It shouldn't happen. And the Bears had a lot of penalties. So did the Broncos last week. But you definitely want to see them clean that up. But that was a good point that you made. Nothing B. Uh, I was just trying to come up with a thought here. I think it's going to be like Matt Nagy says, don't make the same mistake twice. Uh, so let's see Tariq Cohen uh, finish that route. Uh, let's see Trubisky. I'd rather see him overthrow a guy than underthrow a guy. Uh, I mean, depending where the DB's at. Uh, I'd rather <laughs> see him miss the DB more than anything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just things like that. Not not making the same mistake twice uh, is really the highlight that I think I want to hit. All right. So with that, it's time to turn the table, so to speak, and transition our focus to the Bears defense, a unit that has gained one defensive back this week, but lost two more. We'll get to that when we talk about the secondary. But guys, when you're looking at the defense, what are some of those big picture things that you're looking to see out of the unit in this game? Remember, it should be the last time that we see the starters until September 9th. So and even then, it seems like it's a beaten and better defense already, which on all three levels, there's some sort of injury or missing player that's already kind of affecting the team. Um, well, maybe two levels, maybe not the defensive line. So that's good. But uh, see, it just feels worse than it is. So I feel a little better already. Let's go over to Nick first. In terms of the Bears defense, uh, what are some things that you're paying attention to as a unit? Yeah, so I want to see how they, you know, will battle, again, Patrick Mahomes. You have Travis Kelsey, and then you have Tyree Kill. Guys are dynamic playmakers, and, you know, Mahomes is a guy that can get outside the pocket and burn you with that big arm that he has. But I think it does benefit that the Bears have been practicing uh, with Tariq Hill, been practicing against Taylor Gabriel and Tariq Cohen, guys that can take the top off a of defense. So maybe they'll know how to, you know, play a Tyreek Hill type of player. And again, it's going to be an offense that they're similar to practicing against that they're going to play on Saturday. So it'll be interesting how Vic Fangio schemes against them and what kind of defense in general is being thrown at the Kansas City Chiefs. What about you, B? I'm going to say uh, they need to figure out a way to, quote-unquote, I'm going to start calling it uh, the big quarter, uh, where they give up all the points. Because last week against the Broncos, they gave up 15 in the second quarter. Against the Bengals, they gave up 14 in the first quarter. And then against the Ravens, they gave up 10 in the first quarter. And then after that, I mean, it's slim pickings for points for the opposing team. So if they can find a way to eliminate, I'm going to call it the big quarter, 
uh, then I think this defense is really poised to have a, a really good game, not just uh, for this week against the Chiefs, but for the season in general. Because if you can uh, gain some confidence somewhere and continue to roll with it, I mean, great things are going to happen. You're freaking me out. You're giving me those Dr. Evil vibes, all those air quotes. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Okay. All right, guys, let's go into uh, position by positions now. And of course, we got to start up front with the defensive line. And dare I start with the obvious? Yeah, I think I will. This is going to be yet another deciding game. Actually, I think this will be the deciding game on who's going to win this battle between Roy Robertson Harris, John Bullard, uh, something that we've talked about in great length for about a month, month and a half now. Uh, it's been a back and forth battle. And I think, I think, I'm trying to remember, it was late. It was like 1230 the last time we had a show together. <laughs> I think we all agree that Roy Robertson-Harris has the slight edge here in this battle. Uh, last week he had two tackles, a sack and a half, and three quarterbacks hits. Uh, you know, we talked about this in length again. I've already mentioned that. Anything else you want to talk about in terms of this battle and the dress rehearsal? Because I think it's a pivotal game. Uh, and I think if John Bullard wants to go out there and prove he should be the starter. This is the game that have some splash plays that really change momentum, make some tackles for our loss, get after the quarterback because he'll have a couple tackles here and there, but more times than not, I think John Buller just gets kind of like lost in the shuffle a little bit, which has kind of been his thing here since he's been drafted uh, from the Florida a couple of years back. But what about you B? You are Mr. Trentis. Yeah. Uh, and I, just to back up uh, the point that Roger Robertson Harris and uh, Roger Robertson Harris has the edge. Uh, he has eight, total tackles which i believe leads all uh defensive linemen as far as the preseason goes i haven't seen anyone with more as i'm trying to do some quick math in my head here but i know john bowler doesn't have any more than that uh Blau nichols and nick williams both have seven so Ray robertson harris does lead the way despite having uh some quiet games uh really just coming from that edge in general because john bowler doesn't make a whole lot of noise Ray robertson harris just kind of lets the game come to him and so far that's worked. He's been consistent. Uh, three tackles, three tackles, and two tackles are his, are his stat lines in the last three games. So, I mean, he's he's doing all the right things. He just needs to be able to find a way to to make a, a big play when when the game needs it. Nick, anything else we want to add here? Again, we've talked about this for a month and a half. I can't wait to this regular season so we can just talk about these guys in general, not about this position battle anymore. But in terms of um, this game and its impact, uh, what do you want to mention? You know, here, I'll say it's about Roy Robertson Harris. He's already he's done this before, though, in the preseason where he's made splash plays. He's been good in the preseason. You know, he has all the stats and stuff, but can't, will it translate to the regular season? And maybe, uh, well, we don't know. We don't know yet. But uh, I'm not buying into it just yet if the Bears are still putting, you know, Bullard out there with the ones because they think maybe he does the assignment better. He doesn't have to get the flashy stats or all make, you know, the tackles for loss or anything like that. It'd be nice to see, but... Again, Roy Robinson Harris, I think, primarily has done this against, you know, these backups. Not the number one offenses. Yeah. So so I want to see what he can I'll do. Agree. Well, I mean, I, I I don't have it exactly, but I just feel like we've seen this before. The same it's the same story over again this preseason. But when it comes to regular season, hopefully he can translate it. But um that's why it's still a battle. If he was consistently doing this, then it wouldn't be Roy Robinson Harris would be the guy, Bullard would be the backup, but it's still a battle right now. The good news is we have Akeem Hicks on the other side. We don't have to worry Thank about him. You, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, let's move over to Bilal Nichols. He's someone that I want to uh, ask your guys' opinion on because uh, I really like what he did last week. I know we all kind of agreed on that when we were watching. Nick, a week ago, we were like, I want to see Bilal. We saw some Bilal. Uh, three tackles, one for a loss, a sack, and two quarterback hits. Where do you think he's going to stand? Do you think he's going to really earn himself a rotational spot if he can come out in this game and perform? And do you expect him to? Um, I think primarily he's going to get his time. Though. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring 
then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. With probably the, you know, against going not the number one offense. So I don't know if he's going to earn himself reps throughout the regular season just in this game alone, but I think he'll definitely be in the rotation at some point. Again, a lot of rookies for the Bears do end up making an appearance in the regular season at some point in time. But yeah, he we talked about it. We did want to see more Bilal Nichols going into the uh, the Denver game. We end up seeing a lot more Bilal Nichols, and I liked what I saw from him. So if he can put another game up this time, you know, it just helps increase his chances. Yeah, I I see him here on Saturday getting rotated in with the first team because Akeem Hicks, I don't think he's going to need to play a whole two quarters and a half. Uh, So you're going to have the other side. You can have Bowler and Robertson Harris out there at the same time. But I want to know who's that next defensive end. Is it going to be a Nick Williams? Are they going to do a, a John Jenkins out there? I want to know who that very next guy is after the top three. After Hicks, after Bullard, after Rory Robertson Harris, who's the next defensive end on the field? Because that is a good indicator who's going to be that guy come week one. So for me, that's what I'll be watching. Let's go over to B here. Anything on Nichols you'd like to mention? Yeah, um, I think he definitely should earn some rotational spots, especially if Roy Robertson-Harris goes belly up come regular season. Like I think Nick's kind of <laughs> projecting, not 100% sure there. And we, we've we never like historically seen a whole lot out of John Bowler. We know he's explosive, uh, but outside of that, I mean, statistically it doesn't show up uh, as him getting in the back. He just seems to be kind of a, a step behind when it comes to getting in the quarterback from time to time. He's able to get in the backfield, shake up the pocket, uh, break up some of the, the run game, uh, set the edge. Uh, but Blau Nichols is a guy who's statistically been there. Uh, he's second on the team in the preseason as far as defensive linemen go for tackles with seven, tied with Nick Williams, one behind Roy Robertson-Harris. Uh, I don't know what his sack numbers are. I know he had the four. Well, I don't know how many he had against Baltimore. Uh, but he's been able to rack up the sack numbers, too, and I didn't do that math uh, yet. But I, I think he could potentially be leading uh, defensive linemen as far as sacks go, too. So that he's definitely got a lot of things going for him to get some rotational time. We'll see how it all pans out, guys. Let's go over to linebacker here, and I'm going to start with the good news. Even though we heard on the postgame podcast uh, that Danny Trevathan was heading into the X-ray room after the game against the Broncos, he's A-OK. Now I'm going to share a disappointment. Roquan Smith has been bothered by a tight hamstring. He missed Tuesday's practice. Nick, you said you saw him only doing some individual stuff last night, right? That's all I did, positional drills, and then he stood in one spot. I wish I would have had my timer because he did not move, just kind of watching practice. But he did run up and down the sideline, just stretching out that hamstring. So there's your Roquan update. There we go. Again, it's 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 nothing like overly to be concerned about in terms of his health, but for the fact that we really want to see him out there in game action, it seems like, all signs are pointing towards that he might not play. It's again, they're not the Bears aren't gonna say if he will or won't. If he has a tight hamstring, I don't know why you would go push it because he's such a good talent. But at the same time, in order for him, at least personally, in order for him to start week one, this is a make or break week for him to go out there and play. So a couple questions here about the Roquan. Do you think he plays or do the Bears play it safe? And say he doesn't play. Or say he does, whatever you think. I want to know your chances of him starting week one because right now I, I shook the Magic 8-Ball and it says outlook not so good. But let's go over to Nick. Yeah, that uh, Magic 8-Ball is probably right. One, I don't think he plays in this game on Saturday. And then in terms of starting, I don't think you can start a guy who hasn't played really in any preseason games, missed you know 29 days of training camp, whatever it was. I don't think you start him against week one in Green Bay. 
Uh, he'll keep, maybe get rotational time in there with Nick Krakowski, maybe he comes in situationally or whatever. But yeah, if he doesn't play this Saturday, which I don't think he will, I don't think he starts week one. Anything else, B? Outlook not so good. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, because again, he may get, you know, maybe some reps um, if he does start the regular season, not start, but if he does play come week one, like Nick said, some reps, but he won't be starting and he would have to find a way to uproot Nick Kwiatkowski, who I want to just transition over to him because he looked real good last game. I said on Twitter, I said in a post-game show, I'm going to say it again. It looks like someone lit a fire under his butt. Like, he is out there playing with passion. He's playing with purpose. And, uh, you know, he played strong against the run. He applied some pressure on the quarterback. And he didn't look too awful in coverage, which has always been, like, his biggest bugaboo. Uh, so, say he puts together a similar outing on Saturday. I want to know, guys... What's your confidence level in Nick Wachowski starting the season at inside linebacker? Let's go back to B. Outlook very good. Uh, I mean, I, I think that, like you said, the fire got lit under his butt because uh, Joel E.A. Booneyway, I said it. Uh, yeah. Came back. He came, yeah, he came back from injury. Uh, so, And then on top of Roquan coming back from his holdout, I mean, he's kind of looking around the room going, huh, there's you know two less seats in here now. I got to be able to step it up and be able to show that I'm worth being a starter. And I think that's exactly what's happening here is that's we're we're seeing that he wants to be able to win that spot. Now that there's two additional bodies in the room. Yeah. I mean, again, Kwiatkowski, he's a solid, not great linebacker. Um, but Nick, your thoughts on Kwiatkowski in terms of maybe this week and looking into week one. I mean, Kukowski knows the scheme. He's comfortable. He's been here a couple years now. I'm confident in him starting. He's not your best guy that you want out there. Obviously, Roquan has a lot more upside than Nick Kukowski, but I'm definitely confident in it. Um, you know, again, like you said, he's familiar with the defense. You know he's not going to have any of those bonehead, like, blown coverages. He might not be in the right, correct spot because he's just maybe not athletic enough to get there, but he's capable of doing it. So I am confident in Nick Kukowski. Now, again, we're not going to see much of the backups, maybe a quarter, quarter and a half. But um, John Timu, uh, you know, EA Booneyway. Nick, let's just talk about Iggy real quick. I think we know what we got in John Timu. I think we've talked about him for a few years now. Fans who've watched the team, they know what you're getting in a John Timu. Um, but in terms of Iggy, how does he take uh, the next step? Because he got his first game reps a week ago. How does he apply that and then move forward? You know, I think he just needs to show that he knows what he's doing out there. Just in practice yesterday, I was watching him specifically because I was expecting to watch Roquan. So I'm like, all right, I'll watch the next back up there. Iggy, um, you saw him a couple times turning his head, looking like he was lost out there. And, you know, it's going to happen because he's missed some time in training camp. But that's what I want to see from Iggy in this game. He's not going to have as much playing time. But when he's out there, recognizes and knows what he's, his assignments are, fills the gap. Those kind of things. Those are what you want to see out of a guy that you don't expect to start. Probably will make most of his contributions on special teams early on for this team. So just knowing his assignments and looking like he knows what he's doing out there. Because, like I said, in just practice yesterday, he was just kind of turning his head like, oh, there's there's a receiver that I'm supposed to be guarding behind me. So that's what I want to see. And the thing is, he's really smart. He's going to go be a doctor after his own his NFL career. So for me, I know he has like you know the mental whereabouts. It's just getting used to it, getting out there in the field and just getting reps. I think reps and just more time to absorb the system. And then, you know, Iggy can turn into a very capable backup. I know we've talked about in the past, maybe he's someone who could develop into a Danny Trevathan replacement once that time comes in a year or two. Uh, again, that's way down the line. In terms of right now, I think he's where we thought he would be, um, and especially with him missing some time. So just want to see progress, progress from Iggy, no doubt about it. All right, guys, let's take a look outside. And as you know, listening, uh, Leonard Floyd, he broke a couple of fingers, had surgery, but he will be ready week one with a cast. We'll talk about how that's going to impact the game when we get a little bit closer to that. 
Uh, but Sam Ocho last week, he looked fine. Uh, Isaiah Irving, Kylie Fitz, disappointment. Uh, on the other hand, you know, Kasim Metabali, he's continuing to impress. Uh, and he's been looking better than the younger guys. And I do have to note here, still no Aaron Lynch. I think he's actually doing some work, which he is did. it's development, I guess. That's progress. But who the heck knows what we have in him? So in terms of Saturday, do you guys think that they give Adabali uh, some time with the starters? Because no Acho, I mean, you're going to have Acho, and then no Floyd, and then you have Fitz, Irving, Adabali, uh, Woods. Uh, Nick, what do you think? Do you think Adabali goes out there with once? I think at some point he does, actually. And um, Ryan Pace actually went on the Hogan Johns podcast today, and that was a guy that he pointed out that he really liked, and they actually go back and with his time with the Saints. So it's a guy that he's familiar with. He's made some plays, and he pointed out today – um, and again, the Bears just need depth at that position. Players right there, and I think Adebali's making a good case for himself to maybe climb that ladder a little bit. I think Isaiah Irving's the next guy, though. Um, after because with obviously Floyd being out with the injury, you're gonna want Isaiah Irving. And I don't know if Kylie Fitz gets up there yet. He has he had one good game, and then he's really you know came came down from Earth. So I think it's gonna be Adebali that kind of steps up that ladder. I like what I've seen from him. Yeah, me too. I really want to see him get out there uh, with the starters because I want to see if he can create the same type of push, uh, the same amount of pass rush uh, that he's produced against backups. And I think it'd be wise for the Bears to know if he can or can't because the whole position is entirely, you know, it's thin, it's fragile. You need to find someone who can make an impact one way or another, big or small, just any impact because uh, Kelly Fitz and Isaiah Irving in the past couple weeks have not really made impact. They've been uh, washed away in in their pass rush, and they haven't been effective against the run either. B, when you're looking outside, what are some things you're going to be kind of keeping an eye on? Who can get to the quarterback outside of that Baltimore game? I mean, I don't know that there's been a sack recorded by an outside linebacker. I don't know if I'm right on that, but I don't feel like we've seen one from that position since the Baltimore game. So whether it is Kasim Adabali or whether it's Sam Ocho or Isaiah Irving or if Kylie Fitz decides to show up again, I mean, I'm not going to complain if all, all four or five of them do. Uh, but there's got to be someone that uh, grabs this position by the horns and runs with it. And I'm, I really want to know if that's going to be Kasim Adabali. So I think he's going to get his chance with the ones. Adabali hasn't had a sack yet. Uh, he did have one. Yeah, I he think did. it was the one where he went. He ducked underneath the offensive tackle. Yep. Was and, it the uh, Ravens game still? No, that was. I think that was just last week. Yeah, I think that was just last week. Yep. But that aside, I don't know. I guess aside from Adabali, I can't think of any other sacks from the position. That's why I was since, trying to go through my head because, yeah. like, ooh, yeah. I mean, there hasn't been enough to talk about, which again right. is a problem. For me, it's again, it's big time for Fitz and Irving to really, again, on the flip side, we talked about how Edibali's been on the rise. These two young players, they've been on the decline. Well, they have a chance to turn it around. They don't. It's not like they don't have the opportunity on Saturday. So for me, uh, personally, my uh, confidence in both players have been dwindling. Um, but if they can come out and make their presence felt, you know, it's going to ease my fears at least a tiny bit heading into Week One. And I think we can just pull out Nick's argument for Roy Robertson Harris with Isaiah Irving and just copy and paste it, right? Someone who can make some plays in the preseason. Uh, last year in the regular season, he had very, very, very small sample size, but wasn't able to make an impact. Yes, he's gained some weight. He's gained some strength. Uh, that should translation, at least in theory, to a more productive in-season from him. But still, we don't know what to expect from him in a regular season. So for him, if he can come out there against the starters in extended time, Saturday and make a few plays to get me himself, Fig Fangio, the rest of his teammates, some confidence in him. I think it'll do him a world of good. All right, guys, let's move over to the Bears secondary. And like I preluded to a little bit ago, uh, Prince Mukamara has returned and the Bears get a cornerback. 
<laughs> Get what I did there? I like that. <laughs> Thanks. I wrote I wrote that down. I was like, don't forget the joke. I have it highlighted here. Don't forget the joke. It was awful too. And I ruined it by talking about it more, but it's okay. That's what I do. I like to ruin my own jokes. But um, so yes, yeah, so Amukamara has returned. Um, but they lost two safeties. DeAndre Hall suspended week one. Uh, DeAndre Houston Carson broke his arm against the Broncos and is out indefinitely. Uh, so I think it's wise to actually start the secondary conversation with safety. How concerned are you in terms of depth now that two-thirds of the D3 club I just coined last week is now out? Let's go to Nick. I'm actually not too concerned, which is surprising because our the Bears' safeties have been pretty um, durable. Uh, Adrian Amos is a guy that doesn't miss many games. A. Jackson, when he came in, he didn't miss any time. So those are guys that you know uh, can take the big hits and you know deliver hits as well. So I'm not too concerned, despite you know Hall being I think what suspended for four games. DeAndre Houston Carson, what did he break his uh, arm or whatever? Whatever mm-hmm. he did, um, I'm not too concerned. Uh, these guys have haven't shown anything to, I guess, be worried about in terms of missing time. Hall's only suspended one game. I just want to make sure we get that out there. It's only one. So it's not, it's not like end of the world, but when DeAndre Houston Carson was still healthy, you know, it kind of put into question like, well, is that going to be end of the time for DeAndre Hall? And now with DHC out, I mean, I don't think you can throw away another safety body. So for me, uh, maybe that's a lucky break uh, for the one DeAndre, not the other, but uh, B over to you. Uh, sorry, Nick. I talked about the safeties already. Uh, anything else you want to mention? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of upset that DHC's out, but that's just my personal bandwagon train. Kind of the wheels are falling off that one. Uh, but as far as depth overall, yeah, I think it hurts, but I'm not too concerned as far as come week one of the regular season because, like Nick said, Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson are like tough as nails. Uh, knock on wood. Hopefully, nothing happens after I said that. Uh, but I mean, I, I have full confidence in those guys uh, being able to go out there and perform and not really have to rely on the backups too much. I think you miss some special teams depth with DHC and DeAndre Hall being out. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, for the safety position itself, I'm overly not concerned about it. Yeah. Uh, for me, again, you guys talked about the durability, which is great a year ago. Every year brings new issues, new uh, potential for things to happen. And for me, if one safety has to go down for any extended period of time. I'm, I'm slightly worried about the depth without, uh, I mean, again, it's week one, which we knock on wood should be fine. But in terms of in general, we went from a very deep position uh, without those two guys, it real quickly became kind of a question mark, which again, shows you how quickly uh, life can change in the NFL at any given moment. Um, but let's switch over to cornerback now. And last week, Marcus Cooper did not play in his place. They uh, was a rotating trio, at least in terms of uh, once the second string got out there, Kevin Tolliver, Michael Joseph, Doran Grant, um, that when they all had a chance to play against backups, um, they had a chance to at least prove more worthy than of a roster spot than Cooper, but really nobody did that, which dang it. I mean, we all really hope that would have happened. That would have been the case. Um, but with the first team, you had Bryce Callahan on the outside. Um, and then of course you had Fuller and, uh, on the other end and then LeBlanc playing nickel. Uh, do you guys want to see them roll out the same starting three? I don't think they will push Mukamara to play this week. Um, so you want them to just do the same starting three, or do you want to see them give a young guy a look on the outs? Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance corporation will fulfill request to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. 
solidified against starters. I don't know who's earned a spot necessarily, but just curious here because I think Callahan, Fuller, LeBlanc, uh, regardless, we know what kind of players we, we have in them. They'll be fine, especially come to regular season. So it's an opportunity to give a young guy a look. But uh, the fact if they do it or not still is a question. But what about you, Nick? I think they should just roll out the same three that you said. Um, Kyle Fuller, obviously, playing with the ones. Um, whether or not they put um, Callahan out at the uh, cornerback or nickelback, uh, that's I want to see who they put out there because both uh, LeBlanc and Callahan can play that position. I think they want to see more out of LeBlanc on the outside just to see, you know, what's your worth. Um, obviously, you can play multiple positions. That's good for your, good for your stock. But I think they will end up putting those three out there when the Stars are playing. All right. What about you, B? In terms of the secondary, the corners, what do you th- want to see? What are you paying attention to? Yeah, I'm kind of on the in the same boat with you. I'd like to see Michael Joseph, Doran Grant, and Kevin Tolliver get some looks out there. I mean, I'd, especially Kevin Tolliver because he's a guy that's got the body. He looks the part. Uh, but there are times out there when he just looks lost. Like he doesn't know exactly where his guy's at or where exactly his body should position should be on certain routes. And for that, I mean, he kind of gets lost. Teams have picked on him uh, from time to time uh, because they know that he's not exactly where, where he needs to be. So I kind of want to see him get out there and thrown against the ones just to see how he matches up. I mean, it's, it's preseason. So if they give up the, my Dr. Evil air quotes, the big quarter, uh, then, then so be it. Uh, but I'd like to see Kevin Tolliver and Michael Joseph and Doran Grant at least get a chance against the ones. Again, I'm like I'm torn because it's an opportunity to get a young guy a look, which I love. But none of them's really taken that next step to prove like I can go out there with the ones and perform well, or at least give well, me maybe that that's shot. What they, maybe that's what they need is just to be given that opportunity and then see who steps up. And if no one does, then you know what you have. Yeah. Again, we'll see exactly how it fares out because I, I feel confident in the other three. Actually, all four, right? Amukamara, Fuller, Callahan, LeBlanc. I just want to know what's behind them and. As long as it's not named Marcus Cooper, I would feel pretty damn good heading into week one. But um, anything else, Nick, in terms of the entire secondary that you're paying attention to, starters, backups, et cetera? I like Doran Grant a lot. I, I want to see him have a bounce back game. Uh, I thought he would do well against Denver. That didn't end up happening. None of the backup corners did, like we were just talking about earlier. But he's a guy I think, you know, has a good game, earned, earned himself a roster spot because, like we've been saying, Joseph, Tolliver, those are going to be guys that are all fighting for that, you know, maybe one spot on the team. Uh, maybe some guys can be put on the practice squad. But still, I want to see Grant have a good game. All right, guys, let's move over to special teams here. And I have two quick tidbits to share to begin. Uh, the two things I'm watching for. Number one, uh, no more misses from Cody Parkey. I know he's missed two. And yes, Brandon, I know both have been from 52 yards. So I uh, I understand Correct. that. But uh, it's time to build confidence moving into the season. You don't want your kicker missing field goals heading into week one. So for me, Cody Parkey, it's time to start drilling some field goals. Uh, if it's 50 plus, I mean, you're in Soldier Field now, buddy. This is where you need to get accustomed to kicking from any distance, uh, no matter the condition. So... Better start now on the right foot, especially in your home stadium. So for me, Cody Parkey uh, being perfect, I think, would be huge for his confidence moving into week one. And, of course, uh, where, his whereabouts of Soldier Field and how he feels kicking in his home grass. And then, secondly, uh, kick return, punt return. I don't think we've actually seen uh, this preseason yet who's really going to be taking over these duties, right? Last year, was like last week, it was like Niall Davis. Uh, we've seen a barrage of punt returners like Craven LeBlanc. I don't think they're starting. I highly doubt it. Um, so maybe this is the week where it changes, where they actually get the guys out there who they anticipate fulfilling these roles to get them a little bit of game reps. So for me, uh, it's the thing to watch who's going to be out there because uh, I just want to know. That's what I like to see. Uh, Nick, Brandon, anything else on special teams? I will say it's about Cody Parkey. I 
honestly, when he goes out there, I don't know if I feel I'm not very confident. Uh, just based on what I've seen in preseason, and I know 52 yards, not the definitely not an easy field goal to make to put through the uprights, but you want to have that, like you were saying, well, that sense of confidence when Cody Parkey goes out there, there's going to be three points on the board. He's not going to make them all, but you just want to have that confidence. Right now in the preseason, I don't have that. So, you know, if the offense does not, you know, obviously end in a touchdown, I want to see that long field goal attempt made from Parkey because, like I said, I'm not confident going in. I want to be going into the regular season. Right, and just put that into his perspective. If you're not confident, you—I mean, he's a, he's professional. I'm sure he's his confidence level is higher than yours. But it's not even just his. Like he needs to earn the confidence of the coaches because they want to be able to go out there and put him on the field, knowing it should be you know automatic points and not giving up uh, not just points on the board, but also giving the team uh, good field position. So for me, uh, confidence in Cody Parkey is you know can count in a multitude of ways. What about you, B? Anything else? Yeah, we're kind of at a disadvantage when it comes to kicker because we were around when Robbie Gold was here, and it felt nice to see him go out on the field and you just know you're getting three points. Uh, but these coaches, uh, especially Matt Nagy, has never worked with Robbie Gold, uh, so his kicking perspective might be a little different. And he may have total confidence in Cody Parkey, but I am just kind of like with you guys, I haven't had confidence in a kicker since Robbie Gold, uh, to be 100% honest. So he needs to go out there and, and show something. Yeah. Man, I miss yeah. Robbie. All right. right. <laughs> Getting back <laughs> to that things note. that matter in 2018. Uh, guys, we just have two more things to do, and you know what they are. Predict the MVB and, of course, hand out a bold prediction. So, B, I'm going to go over to you first for your MVB choice. My MVB, I'll give it to Jordan Howard. Uh, I think uh, he's going to get uh, some extended playing time, especially more than we've seen, especially in the first two games. Uh, he'll get more than nine carries, and he always gets stronger as the game goes on. I think he, he racks up a pretty good chunk of yards in this one. I give it to, to Jordan Howard. All right. What about you, Nick? I'm going to go with Kyle Fuller. He's going to have his hands full with the wrist. Oh, look at that face. I got it. Perfect. This is perfect. But I'm going to go with Kyle Fuller because, again, the, the Chiefs have a lot of weapons. That how they're going to game plan against Tyree Kill is going to be interesting. But Kyle Fuller, uh, it would be nice to see him have a good game against, you know, one of the best receivers in the league. Well, Nick, I couldn't say it any better myself. I have Kyle Fuller as well. Out of 90 guys, you had to choose Kyle Fuller. It's okay. <laughs> um, I have him, you know, making some sort of momentum shifting impact play, multiple pass breakups, just down his side of the field because he's someone he was targeted a ton last year, um, but he shouldn't be targeted too much, especially in this game because of the other options. Uh, they'll have a Bryce Callahan. They have a Craven LeBlanc. So when they go Fuller's way, I want to see him make a break on the ball, make a play, be in the right position. Uh, he had the one pick six this preseason, but really the receiver fell down, but he still caught the ball and he still was able to take it to the house, which for me is great, but you know, Kyle Fuller. I want to see him take the next steps from what we saw a year ago, and having a great dress rehearsal will be huge for him going forward. All right, guys, time for your bold prediction. And Nick, go ahead. I dare you to steal mine. Yeah, I actually don't even have one right now, but since you put me on the spot, bold prediction, uh, you were talking about punt return, you want to see who solidifies that spot. Tariq Cohen's actually going to have a punt return touchdown in this game. My bold prediction has to do with Tariq Cohen, so good job. Wow, I'm good today. You are. <laughs> um, for me, I have Tariq Cohen takes a handoff. He has not done so yet this preseason. So <laughs> even though it doesn't sound extraordinarily bold, we'll see. I mean, I mean, we rarely saw him take a handoff in training camp. We haven't seen it yet in the preseason game, so will we see it on Saturday? I think we get one, hopefully. Let's go over to Brandon. Bold prediction? I'm going to stick with the special teams bold prediction. I think the Bears get an onside kick recovery. Oh, wow, the new kickoff rules. Uh, I know. I was like, well, they got to try it at some point, right? 
want to beat you know his old team. I like Negi. Yeah, he's gonna be really competitive in this game. I mean, obviously he's competitive in every game, but this one you want to win just a little bit more, even though it is preseason against you know your mentor. Yeah, it, I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. You want to prove your worth just a little bit, no doubt. All right, guys. Well, we're about wrapped up here for episode number two hundred and fifty. Any final thoughts you want to share with our listeners before we head out? Let's go over to Brandon. Uh, again, just thank you guys so much for uh, being here with us. Uh, episode two fifty. Can't uh, kind of on board with Will, like you said at the beginning. Didn't think that uh, we'd get this far when we started this. So this is this is pretty cool. So uh, thank you guys for everything. And uh, bear down. I'm excited to talk to you guys again on Saturday. What about you, Nick? Anything else about the game? About two fifty? About us? About you? That you want to share? Oh, I could talk about me for days. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. But uh, just you know, getting a million downloads and you know publishing a magazine and now getting the 250 episode. It's just been amazing. And again, we couldn't have done this without all of our amazing fans that we see everywhere we go from Canada, Denver, wherever you guys are supporting us. We thank you so much, but yeah, we're at 250 and to 250 more, right? Absolutely. I have that right here. You know, here's to the next 250. I can't wait. Nick, you're just all in my notes today. <laughs> I kind of like it. I kind of hate it. I didn't it. take any. It's a love, today, it's a love so. hate relationship. <laughs> There you go. So for me, guys, in terms of this game, real quick, uh, the two themes I had, which if you've been listening, I'm sure that you can uh, extract them, would be confidence and, of course, progression. I think those are the two things, no matter what player, what position, what side of the ball you're paying attention to. You want to see players progressing from what we saw a week ago, and you want to see them finding ways to build confidence heading into the regular season. Because when you're playing confident, good things happen. And when you're playing not so confidently and you're thinking too much, more times than not, things don't go your way. So for me, building confidence and just taking more steps in progression on offense, getting a little bit more cohesive as a unit, building some chemistry between Trubisky and his targets on defense, finding a way to generate some sort of pass rush without the lack of outside linebackers. Uh, the secondary, finding ways to uh, make some impact plays, some turnovers would be great in this one because it's something we didn't get a year ago. Second dead la- second to last in the league in terms of interceptions. Um, maybe you get a couple in this game. You get some confidence to take a few more shots coming to regular season in terms of going for some interceptions. So for me, progression, confidence are the two biggest things to pay attention to here in the dress rehearsal. And of course, how does coach Nagy uh, stack up against his mentor and Andy Reid? A lot of fun storylines in this one. But uh, again, I want to thank you all for 250 great episodes. As Nick already said, here's the next 250. And don't forget to check out our season preview magazine over at thebearsbros.com slash mag, M-A-G. We all genuinely hope that you consider supporting our site and podcast by picking one up. Again, only $4.99. We drove to a bunch of training camps. Nick flew all the way to Denver. So if you even want to look at it as a way of like pitching out for some gas money and yet you still get 130 pages of content, that's pretty cool too. But uh, I promise you one thing. You purchase this magazine, you'll find that it's worth every single penny. There's so much content about all the information you want to know about all these Bears players on their roster. And of course, our thoughts on how the season's going to fare. It's, and you even learn more about the other teams, the other opponents. You get a jump start on that. You know, our goal is to make you the most informed Bears fan on game day. By picking up this magazine, you'll be the most informed Bears fan from week one all the way through week 17, especially if you stick around with us every step of the way. We're going to talk to you on Saturday as soon as that final whistle sounds. But until then, enjoy your Friday. And of course, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.